Food Heals Podcast, Episode 189. So you can choose to open your heart to your partner. And it's even as subtle as like, I choose you. I'm open to you, right? Rather than sitting there guarded, we can make a choice to be open and to just feel and let our partner in to be willing to be vulnerable. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Hills Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. So first up, Food Heals Nation, a quick apology. We have been off the air for two weeks. It was unplanned. There were some unforeseen circumstances, I would say. Basically, long story short, I blame Sundance. (laughs) You should blame Sundance. Blame it on Sundance. That's where it all started. So we'll tell you the whole story next week when we interview Jeff Weitzman, who we met at Sundance, and he is the producer and director of the amazing film, Cancer Can Be Killed. But we apologize, Food Heals Nation. Please forgive us. And happy Valentine's Day, Suze. Happy Valentine's Day. Any Valentine's plans? Well, we just, you know, we just got back from my birthday weekend, which is three days before Valentine's Day. We went away for yes. a romantic trip to the coast. You know, we'll probably just cook a nice a nice dinner. I don't, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, Valentine's Day. I don't go out on, you know, like it's special. That's why people go out. But it does get a little bit crazy and crowded. Um, yes. So that's why we'll probably just cook together and have a nice dinner. Sounds like you guys had a really romantic birthday weekend. I know I've already told you in person, but happy belated birthday. Thank you. And what are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? We are going to a like magic show where they have like lounge singers and really fun magic. It's called uh, Black Rabbit Rose here in LA. And we've been a couple of times and it's really fun. And you have dinner. It's like dinner theater and drinks and it's great. Yeah, that sounds cool. So in honor of it almost being Valentine's Day, we're talking all about relationships and chatting with Emuna Malinovitz, and we'll find out about her dedication to sacred love, conscious relationships, and how she found the key to hot love that lasts. She has such a beautiful name, Susie, and you just said it so beautifully. Oh, thank you. But first, we have two of our favorite people on the line, and today we're sharing our most hilarious, embarrassing, and sometimes silly dating stories, or maybe just a first date gone wrong. First up, we've got Laura Peterson, the author of Copywriting for Podcasters and host of the incredible show, Copy That Pops. Hi, Laura. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me and Susie. (laughs) And we've got Erica Mandy, host of the Newsworthy Podcast, which is all the day's news in under 10 minutes. It's fast, fair, fun, and on the go. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day, ladies. So, Erica, let's start with you. Tell us about your first date horror story. Oh, man. (laughs) So this was... (laughs) This was the first and last date okay. with this person. So I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time, and I actually was trying out Match.com. Mm-hmm. And I had I had one little success story with that, but this was <laughs> not that. I We were supposed to meet for dinner. So by the time I arrived, this wasn't a big deal. He was sitting at the bar and he already ordered an appetizer. And so I ordered a drink and we're having that appetizer. And then I'm like, okay, so should we order dinner? And he's like... I think we've had enough. And I'm like, okay, then. I don't know what you're trying to tell me, but that's fine. Maybe we had a misunderstanding about whether this was dinner or not. So then 
we start talking about career. What do you do? You know, I'm a TV news reporter. And so he's like, yeah, I looked you up. And, you know, on your website, the picture that you chose, your smile is really fake looking and it looks like it's really Photoshopped. So you should probably pick a different picture. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not Photoshopped, (laughs) but thanks for telling me that my smile looks fake on our first date. And I didn't ask for your opinion. So I'm like, okay. So now my guard's up a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'll try. I'll give this guy a pass. So then we keep talking. And his next question is, so what's your favorite movie? And I tell him, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm a journalist and I see different perspectives, but I don't really have one favorite movie. I kind of like a handful of movies for different reasons. Depends what mood I'm in. And he says, you must not know what you want out of life if you can't pick one favorite movie. I always think that's a sign of someone who's indecisive. And I'm like, oh my God, could you like, what else is this kid going to say? And on top of that, just to put, I know, right. I don't understand why people think this is acceptable. I don't know if it's, it's not necessarily funny, but I was like, get me out of here. Please. On top of that, he had something going on on his lip. I'm not wait, saying wait, wait, it was any lip. I, I don't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, then he asked me to share his drink, and it wasn't no, herpes. There was no explanation. Of course it was. I don't know. <laughs> what else could it be? If it's a blister. But then why are you asking me to share? That's fine. But then don't ask me to share your drink. You know, I'm like, so I was like, I had to turn him down. I mean, it just felt like one thing after another. Why did he ask you to share his drink? Like, was it? Like, taste my drink. Like, oh, try this. This is good. And I'm like, I'm good. (laughs) Ew. So with after all these insults and I was like, no way we're into each other. But then he actually did ask me to go for another drink somewhere else. And I'm like, first of all, I'm still hungry. I haven't had dinner. (laughs) And second of all, uh, no. So thankfully, I just went home and that was the end of that. So nothing too crazy. But I just don't understand why people ask or, or say these crazy things on a first date and think that like, I don't know that we're in kindergarten. And if you insult someone, maybe that's flirtatious. No, those I insults are absurd. I mean, this guy must have so many issues with control. And that's why, I mean, everyone's online. I get it. But like, he probably is still not married unless he found someone that could put up with that BS that gives it right back somehow. Well, you know, the hardest part about all this is that like, if you had met just in a social setting, what makes online dating so hard or just even meeting, you can't even call it dating if it's just a meet and greet, right? But like, what makes it so hard is you can usually suss these things out. If you're just, if you just met at a party or a fundraiser or a bar or whatever, you could like figure out, no, there's something off with this guy, but because you go there and you read their, the, the, you know, the profile and the pictures are like the best ones. Obviously you Photoshopped your smile. So, you know, like <laughs> so we all kind of lie or like try to put our best foot forward, but you can't, you have no opportunity to like get rid of, or like weed out people that otherwise you would be like, no, no, thanks. You kind of go there expecting like, oh, or at least being hopeful. And that's why when when it doesn't turn out or when you have experiences like that, it's like, ugh. Yeah. And we even had a phone conversation beforehand that went really well. And so it was really shocking that in person, he maybe that's what happens when he gets nervous or something. I don't know. Well, at least there's a happy ending to your story because now you are happily, blissfully married. That's true. And he does not. He he loves my <laughs> pictures. And he loves and we watch movies all the time together. <laughs> and you're photogenic. Yeah, it wasn't even photoshopped. I think he was just I don't know. I think you're right. It's probably about control. He may have been intimidating. Maybe he thought you're too, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's just weird. Who knows? Yeah. Thankfully, I, I never saw or heard of him from him again. <laughs> so we were we were done. Well, 
it would be the worst if you like ran into this person later and you're like, oh, hey. What if he listens to the podcast, maybe? <laughs> and he needs to change his habits. You're listening, whoever you are. <laughs> change your ways. We've got, we've got advice for you. All right, Laura, what's your most hilarious dating story? Okay, so mine is actually kind of the opposite from Erica's in the sense that it's the guy didn't do anything wrong. It was me. <laughs> So, so I was in this relationship for seven years. It was like my first and only boyfriend. It lasted forever. And when I finally was able to let that go, because it definitely wasn't the right thing for me, I went into try the online dating. And just like Erica, I met this guy on Match.com. And I thought he was really cute. And I was really excited to go out. But I mean, I was like new to dating. I mean, I was like in my late 20s. And I had never actually like really dated. So I was like brand new to everything. <laughs> and so he said, let's go out to dinner at this fancy restaurant in Scottsdale. Cause I was living in Arizona at the time. Now I'm in San Diego, but I was living in Arizona back then. And I'm not a super fancy eater person. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And Scottsdale was a little bit away from where I live. So I ended up coming late, not on purpose. And that's like mortifying for me because I was raised to like being on time is late. Like you should be there early. <laughs> so I was so embarrassed that I was late and I was like, couldn't figure out how to find this place. So I finally arrived and he was like, Oh, it's no big deal. And so we sit, we have this great conversation and he's like, Oh, let's order some artichoke carts. Like the, like an artichoke cart, one of those big ones where they like deep fry it or something. Mm -hmm. And they serve it with a garlic aioli dip. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So that comes and we start to eat it. And I grab like a big leaf of this artichoke and I put it all uh -oh. of it in my mouth and I start chewing. <laughs> you didn't know how to, you didn't know how the art, the etiquette of art, the artichoke. I had no clue the etiquette of the artichoke. So <laughs> I had never eaten one like that in my entire life. So I'm just chewing on this forever and it's not going away <laughs> and I like <laughs> I like look over at him and I, I see these like little shells that he had put down so it was kind of like edamame where you like squeeze out the meat in the middle yeah. and then you put it down yeah. oh my god so I finally realized that's what you're supposed to do and I'm so embarrassed so I'm like trying to play it off and I'm hoping he doesn't notice <laughs> so I spit this like masticated wad <laughs> into my napkin as like secretively as I possibly can. And I kind of wrap ball it, up, ball it up in a little ball in my napkin and just put it in my lap and thinking, okay, it's fine. And we keep on talking. We like, it was a great time. <laughs> and towards the end, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the restroom. So I get up and I go to the bathroom and I come back and underneath my seat is this masticated ball of artichoke. <laughs> it had like fallen out of the napkin, like right there for everyone to see. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. So, oh, that was basically it. And I mean, the date ended up going all right. And I, I saw him two more times and then it kind of just dissolved from there. But it was really embarrassing for me because I was like trying to come off like, oh, you know, confident. And I, <laughs> yeah. And I had no, I was late. I had no idea how to eat this stuff. And it like fell out of my napkin. I just looked like, you know, hick girl or something. <laughs> has no clue. Like the big city. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. But he didn't even know. It sounds like, I mean, if he noticed he didn't bring it up. So at least that was good. But that's a sign I mean, of a good man. Actually. That's like, you know yeah. what? that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> I know. So I have no idea to this day if he noticed at the earlier stage or in the later stage when it was on the floor, but oh, I went home and I just laughed 
and I just told all my girlfriends, and I was like, this is so embarrassing, but oh well. <laughs> but for the rest of your life. Laura, you will never forget how to eat an artichoke now. <laughs> oh, no, girls. I I am the best eater of artichokes now. I got it. <laughs> it's tricky. You have to know. You have to be taught certain things. All right, Susie. Yes. So we're going to stitch. We're going to I'm going to stick with the match.com dating theme because I also have some stories. From match. <laughs> oh. oh, no, they're never no. going to be a sponsor. <laughs> okay. um, so I had three rounds of online dating in my life. The first one and I met my husband. Uh, that was the last round game over. But <laughs> the first two rounds. On match or something else? No, the first round was on match. And after my experiences, I was like, never again, never again. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a long time ago. This was in right around 9-11 in Manhattan in New York City. And yeah. um, mm. I had my heart broken. I had this awful guy break my heart. And I was like, all right, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't asked out on a date in a while. And then, and online dating was pretty new at that point. And so I was like, oh, I'll try it. You know, we'll see. And um, didn't really know how to go about it. But I just, you know, put up a profile and some photos and got some hits. And there was this one guy. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll you know, we, we emailed back and forth. And throughout my experiences, I developed some rules. But I didn't have the rules in place yet. So, <laughs> so we just agreed <laughs> to go meet for drinks down in Soho at this very, like, swanky Scandinavian-type bar. And I get there and there's no one else there. It's just him and maybe one other guy in the corner. Very nice place, but there, it was kind of weird. I don't know why there's no one there. It was maybe earlier. And um, we get there and he's extraordinarily shy, like painfully shy, like won't even mm -hmm. look at me shy. So I go up to mm -hmm. him and he's facing like the bartender, you know, he's just facing in. And I go up to him and I introduce and say hello. And he kind of looks at me and says hi. And he looks back. And after a while, I was like, I get it. I used to be shy too, but he can't even look at me. <laughs> and we're actually having, considering this decent conversation, but I was getting a little sick of it. I was like, this is very odd. And so I, I yeah. turned away from him. And now I'm also facing the bartenders. We're having a conversation like we're two Russian spies on a bench, not having a conversation. <laughs> and I noticed that as soon as I turn away from him, he turns towards me. And I was like, oh, great. He's ready to engage. I turned back towards him and he turns away. What is this? <laughs> so this was like an odd something? kind of like, like we're watching a tennis match or something. It was back and forth. If I turned to him, he turned away. If I turned away, he turned to me. I was like, this is too weird. I can't like, what do I do here? And I probably stayed even too long, but Awkward. because I'd been in a, drought, a dating drought. Anyway, I finally <laughs> was like, all right, enough is enough. This guy's a nice guy, but this clearly is this is strange. So I get up to leave. And then all of a sudden, I guess he felt comfortable enough to look at me. And he's like, Oh, you want to go somewhere else? And I was like, No, I'm good. And he followed me out. Like we paid. I'm like, oh, you know, I gotta go. He's like, Okay, he followed me out. He's like, No, I think we should really go. And then like, it was just it was so strange. This will lead me to story number two. It's a quick story. So that was my first match <laughs> encounter. Then there was another guy. He looked great on paper. He was a Columbia law student. He looked really handsome. He was like six four. He was just on paper. He looked amazing. Right. And I decided I'm not going to go very far from my house. There was a bar underneath my apartment in New York City. And I was like, I'm just going to make him meet me there. If I if this doesn't go well, I'm going right back upstairs. <laughs> so great I go, strategy. I know. I started to yes. get smarten up. So I go downstairs. He is very handsome. He's very tall. I'm very attracted to him. He opens his mouth. He sounds like Mike Tyson. Squeaky, high-pitched voice with kind of a oh, lisp. No. And I was like, no, I can't. He, he, and he didn't, I don't know. It just, I was like, no, I can't. I can't do this. So two strikes and I was done <laughs> with online dating for quite some time. Oh, oh my. my goodness. But your husband 
has a good first date story too with you because didn't he use NLP on you? He did. What? He used neuro-linguistic programming on me, that little sneaky bugger. Um, and it worked. <laughs> and and so, it worked. <laughs> so by the time he came around, I had my rules in place. If anyone wants to know the rules, I'm, I'm happy to tell you. Um, find us in our Facebook group and I'll, I'll give you my online dating rules. They, they finally worked out, but it, it led to um, A, online dating being more fun. B, not wasting so much time, not being afraid to be like, nope, next. And um, right. see, finding my man. And uh, he totally, yeah, we met in a bar. And I, my, by that time, my rule was like, I have to stay for one drink or coffee. Like I would put in way too much time. And I was like, oh, I'll just stay for one drink or coffee and see how this goes. And I stayed for three hours. And he, he did use NLP. He used, uh, he was a salesman and he knew how to, he knew how to work that. He knew how to work Can you it. remember a specific? Yeah. So when he, he told me this after, when I learned what, I didn't even know what NLP was, but when he came up to greet me, he touched my low back. And he said my uh, name at the same time. And apparently that's um, when you do that to somebody, it instantaneously triggers like a, a connection for them that they feel comfortable with you. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell them. <laughs> if it's by a hot guy, otherwise it's yeah, creepy. True, true. The way it's done, even if it's done with like gentle, it was gentle. It was just a nice, t- it was just a touch, you know, it wasn't like a anything other than that. It was just like a nice, hello, like I'm here. I see mm-hmm. you, you know, let's hear your story. Allie. Okay. So I met a guy at a bar and um, we talked about like health and wellness. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying to, I don't even think I was vegan yet. I was just like, oh, I love like eating at healthy places. So he's like, okay, I'm going to take you to Earth Cafe. So a few days later we meet, he doesn't pick me up or anything, but we meet at Earth Cafe. He's like, oh, what kind of tea do you like? And I'm like, are we not eating food? I'm not sure what to say. And I'm like, oh, I really like chai tea. He goes, we'll have a vanilla tea. (laughs) (laughs) okay so why did you just ask me what kind of tea I liked and then just be like we're having vanilla like what was the point of that so then we sit down and earth cafe like you order at a counter and then you sit down and then they bring you your food but you don't exactly have a waiter but people kind of walk around and check on you it's a little bit of a different type of restaurant Mm -hmm. and so um no one had checked on us or whatever. And a busboy is walking by and the guys, we had a fine conversation, but I was kind of like, this guy's a dud. And um, the busboy walks by and he's like, um, excuse me. He goes, it's so clear that we're out of hot water for our vanilla tea over here. He's like, why hasn't someone filled this up? And I was like, I gotta go. Oh my God. If you treat people in a restaurant like shit, you're going to treat me like shit and you're going to treat people in your life like shit. And that doesn't fly with me. So I was like, I'm out of here. Did you leave? Yeah. Shortly after. I mean, I did it nicely, but I was like, I got to go. This is not cool. And you didn't get any food. I didn't get any food or any alcohol. I was like, we met at a bar, dude. I need a glass of water (laughs) to make this happen. (laughs) I see the problem with this. Both of our stories, Allie, is we need to do the ordering. Yeah. Why are we letting (laughs) pretty much all of that's a problem with my story, too. And I want to pick something I can't eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness, ladies. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Erica, where can everyone find you online? Uh, thenewsworthy.com. And thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Happy Valentine's Day. And Laura, what about you? I would say you can find me on social media with the handle Laptop Laura. Love it. All right. Follow them. They both have amazing podcasts, just like ours. Susie, where can everyone find you online? You're putting me on the spot. Um, I am on Instagram (laughs) at at Susie Sue's. It's spelled weird. It's S-O-O-Z-Y and then S-U-Z-E. At Susie Sue's is my Instagram handle. 
and they can find me through the our Food Heals Nation Facebook group. Yes. Join our Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com. Ladies, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Food Heals Nation. Hope you enjoyed those dating stories. Next up, we're talking to Amuna. She's the founder of Sacred Love That Lasts and Works. Her courage to love and lose has enabled her to become whole and love herself, allowing her to attract a whole mate and truly experience love and deep connection. She also hosts events and retreats that help people gain life-changing tools for their relationships. And I met Amuna at New Media Summit. It's in San Diego, and it's a conference for coaches, authors, speakers, holistic health practitioners, and entrepreneurs to receive detailed training on leveraging and monetizing the power of new media, specifically podcasts. And so what happens is the attendees get to pitch their ideas, their selves to be interviewed on top podcasts. And it's also great for podcasters to find new guests to be on their show. So last year I went and people like Amuna would pitch to me to be on their show. And obviously it worked because we selected her because I thought she was wonderful. So the next summit is coming up. And if you have something that you want to pitch to us and another 40 podcasters, you want to be on a bunch of shows and raise awareness of your brand. Of course, we scored you a discount code for the next New Media Summit. So if you're serious about getting massive exposure for your business, you need to secure your seat at this inaugural New Media Summit and get the high-level visibility that you deserve. Today, more people turn to new media platforms such as podcasts, blogs, and social media channels for their entertainment, information, and education than to all major television networks, radio stations, and newspapers combined. I mean, that's so true. I literally get all my news from Facebook and podcasts. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that you're getting newspaper subscriptions. I don't have a newspaper subscription. I don't even think a I ever have. A digital one. A digital one. You can't get Okay, anyway, that's a that's a different that's a different podcast. It's it true. Sure is. Everybody gets so yeah. much more um, connection and information from, you know, the new forms of media. So if you want to gain massive exposure for your business or brand, this conference is for you. It's April 12th to 14th, 2018. Come with us. We've scored you a discount code of $500 off the conference price. Use the coupon code FOODHEALS at checkout. So go to www.foodhealsnation.com slash new media summit and get your discount on. Next up, our, <laughs> <laughs> Next up, our interview with the lovely Imuna. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Happy Valentine's Day, Food Heals Nation. Today we are talking to woo woo. Today we are talking to <laughs> relationship coach, intuitive healer, sacred goddess, and keeper of wisdom, Amuna Malinovitz. She embodies love and takes a stand for true love. Love of self. I want to say that differently. Love of lovers and love for all the creatures on this earth. She believes in true love for all and has taken her own journey while delving deep into the spiritual and sensual learning to enhance this love. Welcome, Imuna. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're so glad to have you. Yes, we're in for a juicy good time. You know, we love our juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I know that you've dedicated over 20 years of your life to something that many people may not know about. So can you tell Food Heals Nation a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm Imuna Malinovitz, and I'm the founder of the Sacred Love Academy, and I'm on a mission to help us have more love in our lives, true love, authentic love, juicy, connected love, soulful love. And I've been on this journey because 
20 years ago, I was craving this kind of love. And I just had some seed planted in me that knew there had to be more to than what I was experiencing in the world. And I was quite disappointed with what I had felt in the level of relationships and connection. And so I went on a journey to discover, and it wasn't easy. You know, this information wasn't readily available. It wasn't something I could easily see. It wasn't being modeled by people. But I traveled around the world, and I discovered really the keys to getting in true attunement, love, connection with myself, with the universe. And from that alignment is when you can create really great, intimate, powerful love. And that is such a healing force when we feel that loved and connected and aligned first with ourselves, second with the universe and nature. And then when we can share that in an intimate relationship, there's a level of nurturing and love and connection that is so rich that many of us haven't got to experience. So I'm on a mission to help people have the tools to be able to experience that and to feel safe to open to that. Well, it sounds incredible and I want more. So (laughs) what do we do? (laughs) What are your steps? What are your tips? How do we achieve that? It's such a beautiful mission statement. And Mm -hmm. I would love to learn more about like your journey, what you did and how we can all achieve this beautiful love as well. Yeah, thank you. And so, yeah, it does sound really beautiful and awesome and amazing. And it's like, well, why aren't more and more people having this? And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things is fear. You know, even right now, as I'm tuning in and feeling your listeners and all of us on the call, I can feel in my own body, my heart starting to ache and starting to hurt. And it's pointing me to the fact that we have fears around opening to love, opening to being supported, opening to the connection that's here. We've been, you know, taught through our childhood or past relationships that we've been hurt in that we've thought maybe it wasn't safe, right? Or we've seen people not be successful in love. So we walk around with our heart guarded and closed and we wonder why we're not happy. So it's really tender to acknowledge that. And that's why it's so important to create a safe space for this love. That's the sacred part of it to me. Like it's really honoring that this love is a gift. And as humans, we've been wounded and hurt and we want that love, but we just haven't really been taught how to open. So I teach people simple ways to open, to connect, but also to heal and feel safe to go in and be with some of those things from the past, you know, and that's what I had to do on my journey. And let me tell you, this was not an easy journey, a fun journey. It was horrible to go through these things and feel this pain and desire love. And I learned all of these things through experience, you know, not getting it right, having more pain, hurting, seeing my own patterns, seeing the ways I was blocking it. And I had to take an honest look at myself. And through that journey, I figured out how to help people get into what I call their own sacred soul alignment. And that's the place where we're connected in our heart. So we feel safe. We've explored our heart. We've healed some of the past pains. And, you know, what's important there is being in a safe space where you can heal those things. Like our heart is meant to be open. We are meant to connect. But again, we can all think about places, times where we felt scared to open our heart. So in being in alignment with your soul, you work on opening your heart. You work on being connected also to a higher power. You know, when we feel filled up by something bigger than ourselves, 
and we're not looking to a person, a partner to fill us up, that is a whole nother level of being able to experience relationship. That's the golden ticket, right? It's the golden ticket because no one can make us happy outside of ourselves, really. And to put that kind of responsibility on someone, it's just some recipe for danger, right? Well, I can remember from my own personal experience, moments when I've felt like that, because I have not always consistently been able to carry that through time. But I remember moments of when I was just perfectly happy in my present moment. And I think I was much more attractive to others. I don't know. There's just a couple of moments in my life, but I remember getting that back. Like men, I'm heterosexual men being like so into me and I didn't care less because I didn't in that moment, I didn't need them. I was just having fun. And it was so magical. Yes, that's exactly it. And I love that concept. I don't need them. I was just having fun. There's a real difference in attracting a relationship from your desire to connect with someone from a whole place than from a need from someone to fill you up. And there's a different energy, like you said, that either repels or attracts because no one wants to feel that burden. But when someone is present and open, it's one of the most attractive forces there is, which is why when I help my clients who are single and want to attract the sacred love, partly getting them to open their heart and get into that alignment has them attract the most incredible partners that they could have. And, you know, you couldn't attract someone with an open heart. If your heart's open, you're going to attract someone with an open heart. If your heart's closed, you're going to attract someone with a closed heart. And so sometimes that's the good news and the bad news, because if you've been attracting people and you find out they're not as emotionally available that you would like them to be, or they're this or they're that, the good news is you can look at yourself and see where am I not open? Why am I attracting that? You know, and the bad news is we have to take some responsibility. But how awesome that we have the power to heal that, right? And that's what I saw in my own journey through those painful moments and self-reflection. I've now attracted the most incredible, connected, nourishing, beautiful, open-hearted, passionate relationship, you know, without losing myself in it. You know, I'm still very sovereign. I call it a sovereign partnership, right? And this is where you're still whole in yourself. You have a connection to your soul, to your purpose, but you also can have love and connection with another sovereign being. That's a whole nother level of relationship. But I think that this is where we're headed in terms of health, right? And being the healthiest version of ourselves and being the healthiest humans and having this love, you know, and then, you know, that leads me to the sexuality part, because when you have two whole beings that are connected and their hearts open and they're able to be present and from that place consciously make love, consciously connect And then you can send that energy out. Like It's like such a gift to the universe to have two whole beings who've done that inner work to receive that love and then share that energy that's so cosmic and send it out. You know, that's very powerful healing and powerful manifestation as well. So there's so much more that's available in relationship that I think we're ready for as we evolve in our consciousness. And that's what... I'm here to help people just plant that seed so they know that they're not crazy. There is more, you know, because that's how I felt in my life. Why do I want this thing like so deeply and where is it? And I know there's a lot of people probably listening to this who have that yearning and want more. And so I, I just intend that my words right now be like a healing self to say, like, 
it's true, you're not crazy and there is more, right? And part of the first step is just being willing to be open, to know that, to hear this, you know, the fact that your listeners are hearing this, it's like, does this touch a place in your heart? That's when you know that it's true. And if it doesn't, then that's okay too, because I do know this path isn't for everyone. Yeah, and I think that there is such a misconception that we form about the concept of love because of the media and these outside things that we're bombarded with where every love story and every movie, and I I can remember specifically, it was Jerry Maguire, and I was young when that movie came out, okay? But (laughs) you guys know the scene that I'm going to talk about, right? Yes. Okay, so it's like the whole thing of the movie was all romantic, and it was like, you complete me, right? I thought at that, I was young and I was still like, no one completes anyone. I'm complete myself. They can compliment me. I know. (laughs) But like, I'm impressed because I, I, even everything I'm saying to you at that, when I first heard it, I was totally like, oh, that's so romantic. And that was part of the conditioning that I had to undo. I hated that movie (laughs) for that reason. Right. I mean, because I, I, well, I I think at that time I kind of bought into it, but I was like, but no, like I hated the way it was set up. And then later, uh, later in life, I was like, oh yeah, that's because that's right. What Allison knew as a kid, like, yeah, no one person can like, what a freaking, no wonder we have so many problems in our relationships. What a pressure to put on someone. You have to be everything to me and you have to fulfill me sexually and you have to take out the trash. And I mean, like (laughs) so much pressure. So much pressure, right? And like, seriously, yeah, like so much pressure that you're the other part of me. You're the part of me that once you come in my life, we're going to sail off into the sunset. I mean, this is what we see movies about, fairy tales about. People are waiting for that, you know? And then it's like, then the thing that breaks my heart is when it isn't like that, because we don't have this information, People beat themselves up and think there's something wrong with them. Why can't they make relationships work? Why can't they find this person that's just going to make them happy? It's just, you know, that search of looking for things outside yourself. And really, this is about coming back within and finding that connection. And there's nothing more beautiful than finding somebody connect to their soul in that way, right? And be that source of joy and love. And then not only does it affect their love, you know, in their relationship, but it affects their purpose, their work, their health, because this is who we're meant to be, right? It's almost like we've been settling for scraps when there's a buffet that's like incredible that we can be eating. And so from your experience, um, earlier you mentioned, you know, closed heart attracts a closed heart. And people might be in a relationship right now where they're like, oh, you know what, that resonated with me. And I've been there. I understand that concept from my experiences. When my heart was closed, my boyfriend's heart were closed as well. I 100% get that. So right now, for people that are listening, if you're in a relationship such as this, can you open your hearts together? And how do you do that? Or is it sometimes it's time to open your heart to what else could be out there for you? What do you think about that? Yeah, this is a wonderful point. And thank you for bringing it up because some people, yes, are probably listening to this and either they're feeling yes, 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 this makes sense. And I'm feeling close with my partner. And and maybe you have been contemplating whether it's time for the relationship to end, because here's the other truth about relationships. 
They're not forever. They're for as long as they're meant to be. Some are forever. Yes. Right. And some are for a week, a day, but doesn't take away the magnitude of that relationship in your life. But I think that's also like a rumor of, you know, uh, what we've been taught that it's supposed to last forever. And again, we beat ourselves up. So I think that one, some just have a time and a time to end. And in my work, I want to help people find that truth together and then come to a place where they can end it in an honoring way, a way that honors the time that they spent together, a way that leaves them with their heart open rather than closed so that they go from that relationship to the next one with a closed heart. So that's one alternative for some people who may be ready to end and, you know, there's support in doing that consciously. The next level is for somebody who goes, yeah, we've been together and I feel distant. And, you know, a lot of the clients I've worked with, they've been together 20 years and they love each other. But in that 20 years, there's been hurts and things that they haven't spoken and things that build up and kind of clog the space between them, the sacred intimate space. But through getting back into connection, you know, through the simple practices that I teach to open your heart, to be together, to communicate in an intimate way, you can get back to that, right? But you have to be willing and you need to have a partner who's willing to go on that journey with you. But if they are, oh, there's so much richness that can be had, you know? So I don't want people to hear this and go, oh, it's too late for me. No, this is an, a reset point. This is an opportunity to say, wow, there is more and to be gentle and for those who are in a relationship, but maybe have a partner and they're going, oh, well, there's no way my partner would be into this. Like I'm doomed. My advice to that person would be do this for yourself. Find this connection, start to feed those parts of you that you're looking for them to feed. And then it may create and probably will miraculous things in your life. Right. So our heart needs to be open, but also our sexuality needs to be open. That's a very powerful center that we have as women, especially and men. I mean, that's what's going on in the world. Right. There's these places where, you know, we've got to heal that energy as well. So that's part of doing the deeper work to take care of those needs in yourself, to love yourself, to let go of your shame so that you are vibrating and emanating this incredible energy. But like you said, there's such a difference when you're emanating that, whether you're single or in a relationship from your joy, from your confidence, from your pleasure, or when you're walking around like, does anybody see me? Where's my guy? Or how come my partner isn't this? Or I'm feeling so this, like it's a completely different energetics, but I'm also not talking about just affirming your way or telling yourself you're sexy. All that's good too. But I'm talking about the deeper work of being held in a safe place to actually transform that stuff. So you really, truly feel safe and in alignment and in that joy and in that present. You know, this is what, again, what's possible, but we have to start somewhere by just being willing to feel, to be in the present moment. You know, like a simple thing that everyone listening can do, you know, is just start to slow down and breathe. You know, so taking some breaths to be present, to feel your body, you know, like just breathe and notice and feel and you can put your hand on your heart and your hand down on your womb or your genitals and just like be present with yourself and love yourself and feel connected you know if you took two minutes to do that for yourself and fill up 
and feel supported rather than just jumping out of bed, going about our day or running into our partner. Hey, how are you? Duh, bye. But there's no connection. We haven't actually paused and stopped to connect and be present. So it's as simple as that. Susie, this is the first time anyone on the podcast has ever encouraged us to touch ourselves. <laughs> we were encouraged to massage our breasts at one point. Oh, nice. that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm a proponent of that too. <laughs> uh, but this is the first time that someone said specifically genitals. I fully... <laughs> uh, Amuna, I went through, uh, I was a body worker for a long time, massage therapist and energy worker and did a lot of work on myself and then learning a lot about healing. And this is so, so I cannot stress enough how I think how important your work is in the world, but also specifically in the United States where I feel like we're so sexually repressed. I feel like even, you know, Europe and Israel have a more healthy attitude towards sex. I feel like Americans are so tightly wound and it's part of the reason why we're so stressed out and having tough relationships and lots of divorces. It's like, it's such a basic need to fulfill. It's in our, it's in our first few chakras, you know, it goes along with eating and security and safety and sexual and, you know, experiencing sexual pleasure. It's, it's part of our birthright. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, the Americans in particular are so tightly wound what can you say about that? Is Do you feel like we're in a, a shift here? Yes, I hope that we are. And, you know, we're all playing, we're all playing our part. And, you know, and we are in a shift. We're seeing with the Me Too movement and the way that the darkness of sexuality is really being exposed. And it, it does make me sad because, as you're saying, sex is so sacred, just like love is so sacred. Like these are energetic gifts that because I believe they are so powerful, it's like we've been taught to shut them down and push them away. And we've been really afraid of our own power because somebody that has the power of their heart and their sex turned on and a connection to the divine, holy cow, their life is unstoppable, right? But we are, we're suppressed, we're sad, our marriages are failing and we're using sex as a tool, you know? Like one of the things that breaks my heart is, yeah, like, we need to have, give, be more generous with sex in your relationship if you're in a committed relationship. But if you're not enjoying it, if you're finding that you have, um, you know, resistance, you're not feeling connected to your partner, then it's time to start to see what is in the space of that. How can you heal that? And many of the times people bring in their shame and the stuff that they haven't healed, just like with their heart, with their sex to their relationship. And they take it out on the next partner and on the next partner. And our power is in our genitals and in our heart and in our consciousness. And some people walk around and they focus only on the heart energy and they miss the sex chakra and they miss the consciousness. And those people aren't really grounded in the world, right? Some people are just focused on the sex chakra without the heart. What's happening in our world right now, everyone's talking about the divine feminine is here. Well, the divine feminine, I will tell you, is powerful in her sex, in her heart. You know, that energy gives birth to the world. It's creation. And it's time for us to really yeah, respect that energy. And in ancient cultures, Tantra in India, they're in these cultures, they honored sexuality. They used it as sacred rights and they honored. And you would also choose a partner who you were going to give that energy to. Right. It was like your body is your temple. 
and coming back to that and being able to share from that sacredness. Whereas in our culture right now, sex has become so mainstream. People turn on porn. People are desensitized. It's like five minutes here. Maybe they're not even looking into each other's eyes. It's kind of like going and eating at McDonald's instead of going and eating a five-course gourmet meal. Totally. Yeah. It, they're, I feel like they're missing it, you know, and, and not to judge anybody, but like people get addicted to porn and it's like they're never satisfied. They're missing that such magical part of it that cannot yes. be experienced just through a tel- like a screen. Yes. And, and what's, what needs to happen, they can still have the sex and the raunchiness and everything they want. I don't want to take that away from anyone, but imagine if you have your heart connected to it. Whoa, that takes you to very deep levels. And again, that's where a lot of times people aren't willing to because it feels unsafe to open their heart and be that vulnerable. But that's where the juiciness is. That's where the connection lies. That's where we get nourished. And I feel like it's like nourishment, like when you drink the most delicious, yeah, green drink with the most perfectly organic, like the freshest ingredients. You can feel that drink going into your cells. Your cells are responding and vibrating and singing almost, right? It's like, oh, versus if I drink a soda, right? Yeah, and it's like, that's what's possible. But here's the thing again that I want to just caution everyone this is not readily available. What's readily available is porn and seeing these things. So people don't even know what's possible. So they don't know they could be drinking that green drink instead of the soda. Right. And they don't know what's there. And so I want to just inspire them and teach them. And, you know, I am creating a really awesome program that's coming out this year around Valentine's for couples. That's all about teaching these practices, right? From the privacy of your own home. So you can feel safe. So you can feel intimate. And I'm guiding people through these exercises and giving them the practices to do. And, you know, and then if people want a deeper level of connection, there'll be some group coaching components and, you know, but this is my attempt to help more people have access to this energy and to this. And, you know, also my intention is to make these practices simple and easy, 20 minutes a day or three times a week, even 20 minutes of true nourishing connection done in the right way is so nourishing versus if I had, you know, seven days a week of just empty calories, like it does nothing. So what are some of your keys to hot, sacred love that lasts? Yeah, well, so opening up all these centers that we've talked about. So your heart, your sex, your connection, choosing, first of all, that you want to have hot, sacred love that lasts, right? Even that, you know, is is an exercise for the people listening right here. Could you even go to your partner right now and say, hey, I really want to have hot, sacred love that lasts. Like, I'm about that. Right. Does that make you scared or does that make you excited? Right. Or is it like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm crazy. Right. Like that is just the first step is you have to be willing to even say, hey, I want more. Right. That's what led me around the world searching was my hunger for more. And thank God I did, you know, for me and for all the people that are going to get to benefit. But so you have to be willing. You have to be open. And then there's simple practices that you can do. So you have to make time to connect with your partner. You have to make your connection a priority, right? Like over work, over this, over that. Like if you want a hot, sacred relationship, you need to make time 
to be together without cell phones, without to-do lists. That's just time to be connected. And that's why, you know, through these communication practices I teach and 20-minute energetic exercises that are intimate and sensual, you know, and there's some sexual, but again, I guide you through all of that. So it's, you get to choose what you want to do and how you want to connect, but you do have to take time out to do that. And 20 minutes of real nourishing time, again, trumps sitting around watching TV all day, being connected, sitting together while you're both on your cell phones or eating dinner while everyone's checking the phone. There's nothing like connected time. So that you have to make that a priority if you want to have love that lasts, right? And not even just with your romantic relationships. That's good advice for your kids, for all your relationships. You have to be willing to be present. Yes, that is so true, being present. And I do want to go back to romantic relationships only because it's almost Valentine's Day. So could you give us maybe uh, an example of a great Valentine's date where you know, yes. there was a practice of the 20 minutes that you talked about, like what would be like an ideal Valentine's date to kick off your healthy relationship with your partner if you're going to try to start on this path? Awesome. Yeah. So first off, you know, I would invite your partner that you want to have this sacred love and maybe you write them a love letter just expressing that you have this desire, right, to start Valentine's and to let it be a way that you connect deeper. So you may do that. You know, my recommendation would be not to go out and book a, a restaurant where it's going to be busy and crowded and you have to hustle and bustle to go through all of that. My recommendation would be to either order food, like make it simple on you, right? What's most important is you have time to connect 20 minutes. So find 20 minutes, sit together in front of each other. And I just want you to sit together and breathe. And you want to try to synchronize your breath so that the masculine energy, whoever's holding the masculine energy, whether it's a man or a woman, someone's holding the masculine energy, which is holding the space and helping to just make the space feel safe. Again, safety is important here. And you breathe and you breathe at the same level as your partner. So as she inhales, you'll inhale. And so you start to synchronize your breath and you look at each other. And for some people, that may be really strange. They may feel really awkward looking and connecting and just being present. But, you know, sometimes just being present, being still, looking into your partner's eyes, really their soul is, is powerful. So I would start there slowly again, breathing. And then I would start to just choose to open my heart. So you can choose to open your heart to your partner. And it's even as subtle as like, I choose you. I'm open to you, right? Rather than sitting there guarded, we can make a choice to be open and to just feel and let our partner in to be willing to be vulnerable. And you can either stay with just the energetic practice or you can add this next component, which would be what I call a dyad. And it's a communication and it's a simple exercise, a simple statement. And I have many, many of these, but it's a way to ask a question and you go back and forth and you just let your partner answer it and you say, thank you. So it's not a conversation that you're having. You're really holding the space. And so one beautiful one could be, tell me something that you appreciate about me. And your partner would check in and they would say, God, I appreciate the way 
you're willing to be present like this with me right now and let me into your heart. It feels so good to connect with you this way. And then your partner will say, thank you. And then it's their turn. Tell me something you appreciate about me. And you go back and forth for 10 minutes with the same instruction because it just creates the container, the safe space to just go deeper and be present. And, you know, most of the time we don't let ourselves talk about these kinds of things or ask these kinds of questions or open to hear that space. We feel vulnerable. So, again, we have to build the trust and the safety, you know, but another one might be tell me something that you're attracted to in me. Or tell me a fantasy you have for our relationship. Or tell me one of a a special moment that you remember that we've had, right? And if you're going through a difficulty in your relationship, so don't use this one on Valentine's, but, you know, for partners that are having a disagreement or not feeling heard, it's really nice to get in connection, set a timer so you know you have a sacred space, connect and breathe together so you both know you're present, you're open, you're being present, right? That's what we really want from our partner. We want them to see us, to feel us, to be present to us, but we have to let them in. So a good dyad when you're having a disagreement and you want to get back to connection is tell me something you want me to understand. Yes. That's such a good point. That's a good one. Right. But the, the key is that you listen and you receive it and you let it land, right? We make space for it. Like so much in our culture, you know, we don't make space to hear each other. We just get on to the next thing or criticize or why don't you ever do this or da da da. But we don't hear each other, right? And if you took 20 minutes to just drill into one thing, you would feel connected, heard, seen. And that is just putting so much good energy into your relationship and into your kind of relationship tank, which will then fill you so you'll be more happy and productive in the other areas of your life. Right. Because we know that when our relationships are thriving, we feel amazing, like woohoo, and we can just do no wrong. But when they're not, especially for women, but men too, it's devastating, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. And um, I just want to say that if anyone is listening and they may feel apprehensive at doing this or starting that conversation, because it can be a deep conversation, I would just suggest like you can make this a game. So like there is actually a game out there and this has been years since I played this with my now husband who I was dating at the time, but we found like a game I think, gonna get at a dirty? sex store. <laughs> it, dirty, but it was literally like hilarious because all of the questions were either like, what's your deepest, darkest fantasy? Or like, what sexual position have you never tried? But also it was like, what do you appreciate about the other person? Or what's something that you want to tell the other person that they've never heard before? Like, it was like, really in depth questions mixed with sex questions. And like, I think it was, it was like a Valentine's day of our, you know, first or second year together. And we played all night. We had it, we got a hotel room. It was so much fun. It was a blast. And like, we learned a lot about each other and it was a game. So it's like, maybe you're listening now and you're like, oh, I don't know how to start the conversation. Make it a game, find a game that you can buy or like write it down on index cards and be like, I made a game for us to play and mix it up with the sexy, fun questions with maybe some of the more serious questions and see what happens. You know, I think it could be a great Valentine's game unless you're having severe problems, then, you know, wait. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Don't use this time as like a counseling session or to get them to get your point. Like this is a time to be connected. Like I said, even if you did nothing, but just be together in that connection and feel each other, even if it was for, you could only do it for two minutes 
that is going to be helpful to you. But again, you know, I want you to be gentle with yourself because most likely it does feel scary to be this intimate. Most likely it does feel scary to think about being this vulnerable, right? It's funny, like we'll get naked with our partner and have sex, but will we really get naked with our partner and like open up and show our soul and be vulnerable, right? It's almost, there's a place where we have to get willing to put down our like tough exterior and you can't hurt me and be willing to let people in. Taking off our armor. Totally, right? And for 20 minutes, putting it down so you can be connected. And then afterwards, if you want to put it back on to go out and battle the world, awesome, right? But the more that you can get your armor off when you're with your intimate loves, you're going to have a way deeper connection. You think you're being safe, but you're blocking the love of your partner and you're blocking the connection to a deeper source, right? And when we block that, not only does it affect our heart and our soul and our happiness, it affects everything, right? So it's powerful, this practice, and it's powerful. And yeah, we're here to connect with each other. And if you have a love in your life, that is such a gift. It's a gift to be honored and treasured. And it's like, don't just let it sit by the wayside and not honor it. You wouldn't get a plant and not water it, right? Like you've got to nourish your relationship. You've got to put energy into it. We do this to each other all the time. We kill each other's spirits. Well, I remember what a therapist once told me, and she's like, it's not about whether you stay or you go. This is before I was married, but it's about what you learn from the relationship. Yes, so wherever you're absolutely. at, we're attracted to the people that help us heal our sacred wounds. Yes, 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 yes. And that's why there's no mistake. So there's no feeling bad about any relationship you've attracted, right? Each one has served you to grow and to heal. But if you want to make that process faster and smoother, start to look within and get yourself in that alignment. And even better, if you're in a relationship, do the work together, but invest in yourself and in your connection and it will pay off hugely. Yes. And stop trying to change the other person. That's a huge oh, one. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys have had to learn that too, where it's like, well, if they just did this, then everything would be great <laughs> and stop judging them and stop. People change when they profoundly feel the need to change, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. aren't going to change because you nag them or your expectations of them are different, right? Or are a certain way. So if you want someone to change, change yourself and see what happens. Yes, this really is the key to all of it. And that's the good news in all of it, because I have the power to change myself, but I don't have the power to change someone else, right? And, and you know, and also when we're spending our time focusing on they did it wrong, they need to do this, they need to change that, if only they did that, all that energy that we're spending that we could be focused on ourselves, right? Sometimes that's a really good way I had to see in myself. That was a good way for me to not have to look at my own stuff and blame it on the other person out there. Yeah. Right. And that's all blame is. Blame is the unwillingness to look within ourselves. Yes. Yes. And you know, each relationship I was in helped me to the next one. I call it like a relationship escalator, right? And we go to the next one and we grow and we evolve, but you're going to get more out of it. The more you're willing to connect and heal and, and like complete each relationship. You know, and that's why when you do feel drawn to somebody, it's like, oh, I'm so drawn to them. I'm just feel the spark, this energy, that passion. A lot of times it's not actually real sacred love or passion. That's 
your karmic unresolved issues, meeting their karmic unresolved issues. And if you didn't feel that deep desire to connect from the body pheromone level of your karmas meeting my karma, there's no way you would go through that and learn those lessons, right? And so the universe is very, very wise in how it has us work this stuff out. But again, it's also very compassionate that the more willing we are to look and grow and see it will meet us with what we're creating in our lives. And Amuna, let's say that we have done the work and worked on ourselves and we feel like, okay, I've made the changes that I want to see and the partner is not willing to change with me. What is your advice? Like when is the time where you go, we can evolve together or it's time for me to seek other opportunities? Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's a personal place that everyone has to come to. But for me, I think that, you know, when something's over or not, right. But there is a place that people have to be careful because they could prematurely end something because they're not willing to feel, you know, and have their journey and take responsibility. So we don't want to end something too soon, but we also don't want to overstay our time, you know? And I think for me, I was more on the side of staying longer, always thinking I could fix that person. If I just fix this, if I just fix that. And then I would invest so much time and energy that I was like, well, dang, I've invested so much into this fixer upper, right. That I can't, I can't leave. Like I fixed him up for somebody else. (laughs) Right. So it's crazy what we do to ourselves. But I think that you have to get really honest and get honest first and just admit you're unhappy. And then you need to, you know, start talking. And the first step is to start to clear the space and say some of the truths and the things that you're feeling, because in that one step, you may resolve the issues. But either way, you don't want to leave the relationship unresolved. So the conscious way would be to really talk about it and go down that road. But again, the time to leave is if one person is just not willing and they don't want to grow anymore. And so you don't have to blame them, but you just need to know that that's their personal choice. And they've gone as far as they want to go on this sacred love journey. And you bow to them and you set them free, you know, and you open up. And you take responsibility to be your own sacred lover during that time. And you connect and you love yourself and you fill yourself up and you really open up and say to the universe, I'm ready for more. But you can't just say it and not demonstrate it, right? As you said before, you felt so attractive when you were full and free and present. It was like you weren't focusing then on finding a man. You weren't focusing on going out there, right? So there's a real difference in just bringing your energy back to yourself, loving yourself, being conscious. Even if you just did the practice I told you earlier, breathing and touching your heart and your genitals. Yes, you have permission again, two permissions. (laughs) (laughs) If you just did that, loving yourself, connecting, you would just be giving yourself so much more than pining away, waiting for someone else to nourish you. Don't blame somebody who doesn't want to go further than you. Let them be where they are and you take care of you. You keep growing you. You keep loving you. That's a really good point. And also the fact that if you do end a relationship too soon or you feel like you've taken it as far as you can go, but you haven't learned the lessons and you haven't applied that learning to yourself, then you're just going to repeat them. Yes. You do the work and uh, you will have to deal with less than <laughs> you totally. will if you keep 
holding on to whatever it is that is unresolved, right? It's, it's so important. And it's a piece that so many people miss, you know, like, and it's, it's just so, so important to go back and learn the lessons and open your heart. And for people who really want a committed, sacred, powerful love with an integral person who's open, you have to be willing. And, you know, I do guide people who are ready for that level through my, you know, one-on-one program and my group coaching program to clear these things and come to this balance and get into what I call their sacred soul alignment. Right. And that's what you want to do if you do find yourself in that transition place or getting ready and you're not happy in your relationships. You haven't been for a while or maybe you've been single for a while. If you are ready for that next level, you know, then I invite you to really connect in and see if it would be worthwhile to spend some time working on yourself, getting into that soul alignment. And you would be amazed at the quality of partner you will attract when you let yourself do that work, right? And it's a step that can't be missed, but we all try to miss it and step over it. And we see by the relationships that we have, right? Like, again, this is deep, deep, deep work, but it's also simple and easy if you're held in the right space and you you know, are open and willing to be vulnerable. And can you tell us just quickly about the sacred orgasmic meditation? Oh, yeah, we definitely (laughs) want to put that in there. This is the good stuff. So sacred orgasmic meditation is a practice for couples who want to take all these energies I'm talking about and really apply it. So it's a tantric practice. And basically, it's a practice where a stroker, usually a man, but it can be a woman as well, strokes the upper left-hand quadrant of their partner's clitoris in a very specific way. So now not only am I letting you touch your genitals, (laughs) I'm letting you touch your partner's genitals, their clitoris to be specific, touching the clitoris in a way that most of us haven't experienced, right? Again, when I talked about fast food versus gourmet meal, A woman's clitoris needs to be touched with presence and precision and soft, like you would stroke your eyelid, right? Like like stroking a butterfly. Super soft. I hope men are listening right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm giving the goods right now. Like this is the golden goods. And for the women listening, I want you to know all of us have an amazing source of energy in our genitals, in our clitoris, in our womb, in our vagina, in our vulva. Most of it is untapped. It's like an untapped resource. And mostly the kind of sex that we've been having or experiencing is influenced by men who watch porn and ourselves getting vibrators and, you know, desensitizing ourselves. So we feel numb. So this practice is about being vulnerable to let your partner stroke you in this delicate way for 15 minutes. And I teach this and it'll be part of my um, couples online program as well. And you get to learn it, but do it in the privacy of your own home. But it's about having that kind of focused attention on that very vulnerable part of the body. And men and women, both partners experience the connection, the current. It's like plugging into the source of the universe through that very powerful spot on a woman's body. You know, and there's no other reason for a clitoris. It has 8,000 nerve endings. It's there for pleasure. Like we need to wake up to that, right? We need to wake up that there's power there, but we have to learn how to be with that power and respect it and have reverence for it 
not just trying to. And isn't it, it so interesting that women have? I mean, men have obviously the penis has multifunctions, but women have an organelle that is strictly for pleasure. Yes, I mean we are pleasure beings, right? And when we are denying ourselves pleasure, we are starving ourselves and the world. And that's what we see. We see a world with starving, malnourished people because we are denying our pleasure. And that's what you alluded to, you know, previously about the talk around sexuality and our shame. And we also have to teach men how to be with a woman in the right way. Because again, they haven't been taught. And you know, when I teach men this, they want to learn, they want to please their women, they want to open and feel that powerful energy. But again, we haven't learned how. This is about being present and sacred, but learning specific ways to cultivate that energy. So I have an amendment to what I said earlier. Yes, porn has definitely not helped them in that respect. What they yes. see, you know, what you see in pornography is not making love. It's a tech. It's a guy it's, fantasy. It it's not a woman's it fantasy. Daniel. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> I was going to have to stumble and, through and, that. Thank you. <laughs> totally. I got here, you. Here's public service announcement that like needs to happen, right? Is that women are passionate, powerful, incredible creatures that have desire and passion and connection and nourishment. And we need to be opened up in the right way. And when a man or woman will take the time to learn our body, to be present, to open us up, there is a well of nourishment and pleasure that is waiting to be connected to. But again, we have to learn how to enter that place with reverence and honor and not take it for granted and not abuse it. And, you know, that's what this is about, like learning that part of a woman's body. And the men that do this practice, they are deeply nourished. You know, some people do this practice and obviously you would think that maybe it would lead to sex or you would get turned on. And that happens sometimes. But there's also a way that it's so nourishing. You don't even feel sometimes that you need to or want to have sex for the man as well. Because they're nourished in a way that is so beautiful. I mean, for a woman to let her man look at that part of her body and be intimate with it and be present to it, it's powerful. Like it changes people and you can use that energy to create and it helps you also bond. It creates hormones and oxytocin. It's a very, very powerful bonding practice along with the communication practices. I'm in. Where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we just launched this just in time for Valentine's Day and it's hot love that lasts for couples. And this is the online program. I've created it online so you can follow along in your own home and feel safe and feel nourished and connected. And basically, this is the program where I'm going to walk you through and give you all of those dyad practices and how to do them. It's like you're going to be able to just turn on the video and set up your little date with your partner and I'll guide you through the practices. So this is amazing and I'm going to teach you about the sacred orgasmic meditation. I want you to be able to experience this. I really want you to know how to have this love and so that's what this program is all about. So you definitely want to go and check it out. Go to my website where you can get your free gift at sacredlovethatlast.com forward slash freebie. And that when you put your email address there, immediately you're going to get my first gift to you, which is the three keys to sacred love that lasts. So that'll be like the introduction to the hot love that lasts, which is the program that you want to do with your partner. 
And so you definitely want to go there so you can get access to that, get information. And again, we just launched. So now is the perfect time to get in. And there's also going to be a component of group coaching. So for those of you that are like, hey, I want some one-on-one coaching with you. I want to have you work on this specific thing with me and my partner. There's going to be group coaching calls that you can be a part of as well. And those will be recorded. So if you miss it, you'll still get to have the benefit of all of that. So You know, I want to support everyone here in making 2018 the year that you have sacred love that lasts, that your connection to yourself, to your partner gets juicy and is nourishing and you feel fed and healthy and vibrant. And that's why I created this program. So you definitely want to check that out. Let's get you having some sacred orgasms. (laughs) Well, we're definitely supporters of your work. Woohoo! Yes. Uh, We're definitely huge supporters of your work and thank you so much for being here. But before we wrap up, uh, we met at New Media Summit. And so I have to give that a shout out and a shout out to Steve Olsher who organized this. And can you just tell us a little bit about what New Media Summit is and how your experience was? Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. New Media Summit was a platform that Steve Ulsher created and he brought 40 podcast hosts that are doing great just right here, this beautiful podcast right here. And he gave us the opportunity to be able to get in front of them and share our message so that we could be here right now having this conversation and you can be hearing these words. And so he did create this awesome platform to help us all get our messages out there. And I really want to thank both of you, you know, for this platform and making this possible and all the dedication that you put into hosting this and going live and bringing your listeners, you know, this information, it takes a lot and um, it takes a commitment. And I just feel really grateful because it is giving me an opportunity to get this message that is so needed out there. So I'm grateful to you for saying yes, Allison, to having me here and to Steve, you know, for having the summit. It was amazing. Yes, I'm grateful to Steve as well and for introducing us because this has been a phenomenal episode. So we're so glad that you could be here to share all this information with our listeners. And, you know, I even feel like I have to listen back right now and take notes because I don't take notes while we're recording. But uh, when I listen the next time, I want to write some stuff down. So I really appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom that you brought to the podcast table. And so everyone, you can go sign up right now. And if you want also more information about New Media Summit, the next one is in April. So if you want to pitch to us, come on down and see us. I will be there. It's going to be really fun. It's April 12th to April 15th. And you can have the opportunity that Amuna had to talk to us. And hopefully we'll hear your voice on the podcast next time. Thank you so much, Amuna, for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun, ladies. Again, thanks for the opportunity. Much love to everyone. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.